go to securefreedomradio.org today. It's your freedom. It's your country. Frank Gaffney's Secure Freedom Radio. Welcome back to the fourth and final installment of this extraordinarily topical and urgently needed conversation with our great friend Gordon Chang, the author, among other things, of The Coming Collapse of China. Uh, Gordon, we're watching a China that may be on the verge of collapse in some respects, but it certainly seems to be intent on doing a lot of damage before uh, that fate befalls it. Um, Taiwan is very much in its crosshairs at the moment. Um, We've talked with a number of distinguished guests, including yourself over the past few months, about what seems to be a pretty imminent peril facing Taiwan. Where are we on that front as you see it at the moment? China almost daily is sending planes into Taiwan's air defense identification zone, which is international airspace, but is nonetheless considered to be a provocative act. And Chinese planes have been flying on the east side of the median line, which is the line down the middle of the Taiwan Strait. For decades, there was an understanding between Taipei and Beijing that China's planes stayed on the west side of the line and Taiwan's planes stayed on the right hand. And now China is saying that there is no line down the median uh, middle of the strait. So that is dangerous. Also, at the same time, China's Navy has been conducting these uh, circumnavigation exercises around the island, the most recent with its first aircraft carrier, the Liaoning. So uh, they're trying to pressure and intimidate Taiwan through military means. And, And right now, the issue for the United States is what are we going to do to defend Taiwan? should China um, decide to invade. I don't think that they will invade right now for a number of reasons, but nonetheless, we're not deterring China from what we can see from these military maneuvers. And and they are increasingly in a position to go for it if they choose to. We have taken in hand an effort to present the Biden administration with a number of specific things that could be done, both by the United States to enhance its deterrent capabilities and to help the Taiwanese defend themselves. This is a paper, a white paper produced by the Committee on the Present Danger China, and I commend it to all of you at presentdangerchina.org. It is absolutely vital, Gordon, for, uh, among other reasons, the critical dependency of our economy now on chips and semiconductors made in Taiwan that this vital part of the free world not be lost to the Chinese communists. And uh, I think you're absolutely right, Gordon. We must do everything we can to dissuade them from thinking they can get away with um, an invasion there. Let me turn to one of the other places that you've recently written about, Gordon, that is uh, an increasingly important um, area of competition, both with China and to some extent, uh, of course, with the Russians as well, uh, namely space. Talk about what the Chinese are up to. You talk uh, in passing about their space station that is a building. Um, What else do they have in mind up there? And and again, what are the implications for us here on Earth? Well, to start with the implications, uh, the head of China's lunar exploration program about three, four years ago, actually said in public that uh, if uh, the Chinese should consider the moon and Mars to be part of the People's Republic of China. And if they get it first, there first, he implied that they would try to prevent other nations from going there. Um, this is uh, was highlighted uh, when China announced the name of its Mars rover, Zhu Rong. And it said, well, this is the god of fire. Well, Zhu Rong is also the god of war or a god of war. And he's also the guard of the South China Sea. 
So that shows China's uh, ambitions in space. Uh, last week, they, they launched the first module of their space station. There'll be about 10 more launches uh, to complete it. Um, the reason why this is important for us is not only because they're there, but our space station, the International Space Station, of which we partner with other countries, is nearing the end of its useful life. There are no military applications in the ISS, uh, but China's space station will be very militarized because the Chinese military can controls the Chinese space program. There will be a laser on the bottom of China's space station. They say that it's supposed to be used for space junk. They probably intend to use it on American satellite. There's also going to be another anti-satellite weapon, which will be essentially a large capture device. Um, they say, you know, of course, that this is benign, but really it looks like an attempt to knock American satellites out of position or even to capture them altogether. So um, China's ambitions are indeed military, and uh, we're not responding. Although we do have a lead in space, it appears that the Biden administration is not going to put the resources that are necessary in order to get back to the moon and to um, establish an American presence in space that is necessary. Um, by Biden looks at space as sort of a climate change um, initiative so they can study climate change on Earth. The Chinese are looking at it as a place where they can probably bomb Earth from one of their modules that is anticipated to be included in that space station. In other words, dominance in space, as well as on the ground here, uh, Gordon, or at sea for that matter, here on Earth, um, and whether it's the kinds of capabilities that you're talking about they're building into their space station. Um, interestingly enough, just a quick digression, when I was in the Reagan Defense Department, um, I championed um, with the support of then Secretary of Defense, Caspar Weinberger, having the United States retain the ability to use our space station for military purposes. And this was roundly denounced by uh, NASA and the State Department and, of course, all of our international partners. And uh, it, it did not happen. But you're absolutely right. That's part and parcel of how they're going to proceed. In fact, their entire space program, as best I can tell, is really a military program with some uh, some commercial and other uh, you know, sidelines to it. But but whether it's the space station, whether it's um, the Lagrange points that can be used to dominate space, um, whether it's, uh, you know, manned activities on the moon or perhaps Mars ultimately, these all seem to be part and parcel of a very ambitious Chinese agenda in terms of those high frontiers. Let me turn quickly, and we won't have time to do justice to this, Gordon, but at least to try to complete the picture here. The use of influence operations and other subversive techniques inside the United States is another feature of Chinese unrestricted warfare. Talk a little bit about that, if you would, please. Well, China's troll operations dwarf Russia's, and they used them last year to try to influence the outcome of the election, um, trying to tar President Trump. So, for instance, in March of last year, they disseminated uh, rumors started by somebody else, but which China knew were false, that President Trump was going to invoke his powers under the Stafford Act to uh, lock down the entire country. There is a Radio Free Asia report that an intelligence unit of the People's Liberation Army actually based themselves in the now closed Houston consulate. And from there, they used big data and artificial intelligence to identify Americans likely to participate in Black Lives Matter and Antifa protests. And then the Chinese military sent them via TikTok videos on how to riot. There are um, reports unconfirmed that the Chinese government actually organized rioters uh, on May 31st 
31st, uh, the night of May 31st, morning of June 1st, one block north of the White House. There are reports that many of the protesters were speaking Mandarin, acting in obvious coordination with other protesters who are speaking Mandarin. And some were overheard speaking in terms that the Chinese government had actually organized their presence on the streets. Those reports remain unconfirmed, but they do mirror reports of similar activities by Chinese protesters in Los Angeles and other Southern California locations. The list goes on and on, Frank, but clearly China was involved in trying to overthrow the U.S. government last year. And those uh, efforts have continued into this year as well. Yeah, specifically the Trump part of the U.S. government, but it seems as though the, the, the nature of our government and our constitutional republic, for that matter, are, are very much in the crosshairs of these influence operators as well. And, and Gordon, we've only got about a minute left, but just quickly, Confucius Institute, both at the college level and the K through 12 levels, uh, uh, this new report of an Ericsson Institute funded effort to teach Chinese nursery rhymes to our very young children, uh, the Thousand Talents programs, the penetration of think tanks, for example, uh, the Carnegie Endowment comes to mind. These are all part and parcel of a much more ambitious and comprehensive effort, are they not? Well, yeah, people talk about Confucius Institutes, and now there are about 50 or 60 remaining. Uh, uh, but we often don't talk about the Confucius classrooms, and there are 500 of those in the United States. Um, there are all sorts of reasons why we should not permit them. For instance, we don't have Reagan classrooms in China. Um, but it's also more than just a question of reciprocity because Beijing is using those to try to influence uh, college and secondary school administrators. And it's been very successful. So this is something, you know, it's our country. We're permitting this and obviously we shouldn't be. We should not be. Gordon, on so many of these levels, that's the right bottom line. We should not be doing underwriting of the Chinese Communist Party or enabling these various forms of unrestricted warfare in the people's war they're waging against us. We thank you for your clarity on all of these points and your willingness to share your insights with us. Come back to us again next week if you would, and thank you for your extended conversation with us today. God bless you, my friend. Thanks to all of you for being with us as well. I hope you'll do so again tomorrow, same time, same station. Until then, this is Frank Gaffney. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Secure Freedom Radio with Frank Gaffney. 